Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine with myself, Alexander Holland, and my main man, John Maloney. Now, John, you've been thinking all week about things to put in this podcast. What's the first one? I got I ran out of ideas this week. <laughs> you haven't done your homework. <laughs> I didn't do it. Um, that would be good. <laughs> that would be great. If all week I was texting you going, yeah, so have you got some things to bring in so oh, it can yeah, be nice man. and tight? Yeah, hot sparks. And, and, and there you go, oh, no, I, I did have them on a list and then some, <laughs> and then somebody else stole the list. <laughs> Just go, what have you got for us today? And I go, um, oh, I was thinking about like uh, desks and pens. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I thought we could talk about microphones and laptops <laughs> today. Po- podcasts. Um, Did you, were you good at having homework in on time? Uh, not really. I Basically, my whole life up until now, I have maintained the habit of doing things at the last minute. And um, right. all through university, for example, I would, they had this kind of, uh, Fairly generous rule with it, you know. If it was a day late, you'd lose two percent. Yeah, and um, okay. so I'd often like be like, "Oh, I can afford to lose that, maybe even four percent." Um, okay, and and it'll just make it like ten percent better. Yeah. How do you go? And how did you go at school and university? Uh, I was pretty okay. I mean, I would leave, th- I would leave things to the last minute, but I would get them done. I think yeah. that's where I was at. Yeah, I think I've been. I think I was just driven by anxiety over that stuff. Like I couldn't face, like I could face things being, I could face doing things at the last minute. But yeah, I couldn't face not not doing things. Yeah, I was probably the same. Ultimately, I mean, I still got things in. I have, I have constant. Constant. Uh, I don't know if you call them nightmares. Mm. I have. Dr- I have recurring dreams. Cons- I have. There you go. Thank you. I have rec- a recurring dream where I'm in my final year of high school, and I, I it's getting to the last day of school, mm. and it's only really then that I realise that I just haven't really done two subjects at all. It's so weird. And, and I'm I, about to get caught out. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna have to repeat year twelve, and everybody else is finishing school and I've sort of gone, oh, why haven't I finished? Why didn't I do anything for biology and art? I didn't do the two major exams and now everybody's going to find out and I have to repeat year 12. Yeah. I have the exact same dream or sometimes it's wow. connected to my current job. Like it'll be like, oh, you never actually finished uni and so you've just been kind of illegally asserting that you're a lawyer for all these years. <laughs> And then, uh, and then, and you're about to get caught out. Yeah, and I'm about to get syndrome. And it's like you suddenly realise it, and you're freaking out. But it's and it's so convincing in the dream. It's so vivid, and but basically because you know, even in my waking life, those feelings of being a fraud are very accessible to me. So yeah, so the dream just maxes it out. I guess. Do you? This is making me think. Do you think that? 
Do you think that somebody who's read a lot of self-help books mm. about imposter syndrome, if they if they go on to steal people's identities and then they get caught and then the police say, you're being charged with having stolen this lady's identity and emptied her bank account and you'll go... I know what you're trying to do there, trying to say I have imposter syndrome. Well, I'm stronger than that, yeah. officer. Yeah, exactly. I know better than that. You say, I belong in yeah. that woman's shoes. Yeah. You say, don't try and tell me. I'm reaching for the stars here. <laughs> <laughs> officer, I, uh, I, I, I deserve to have taken the identities of these 10 elderly people. Yeah. Oh, what? I'm not good enough to be... A sixty-three-year-old woman from Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Um, let me let me give you a copy of cognitive behavioral therapy for dummies, <laughs> Officer Brown. And Will seems like you're the one suffering from a little bit of imposter yeah. syndrome. What you're doing is no one in the psychological community is projecting uh, <laughs> by arresting and charging me. You're just projecting. Um, so what? So now that we've established that your dog didn't eat your "Don't Praise the Machine" ideas yeah. homework, yeah. Uh, what, what are they? You, what kind of ideas? I've got actually some good ones have? this week. I think. Um, okay. Because I because I thought we coming gonna, in confident, coming in hot. Yeah, I'm probably overselling it, but because we didn't record yesterday, I had oh. I decided to use the evening to like just develop some of my thoughts. Um, and I was up all night writing schlags. Um, well, the first thing I thought I would do is update you on my, um, on my, uh, cameos. Um, yes. because I know, I know that will have garnered some interest last week. We had, uh, some discussions about my efforts to, uh, procure the services of Walter Tabioyong. Um, yeah. And what happened was, in a nutshell, to recap, Walter um, didn't want to fulfill my request. And I said, Can I rebook? Or he said he was snowed under with work. So I said, Can I rebook you? And he said, Yeah, sure. And then he said, As you predicted, actually, he said, Do I know you? And I, but Cameo wouldn't let me respond. So it just, I just didn't answer that question. And then, um, and then he cancelled the booking again. And then I thought, all right, fine. You don't want my $10. But um, so, so that came to so a, that fizzled, unfortunately. Tabby's and out. Unless we want to keep, I mean, I might get hit with a stalking charge if I keep rebooking him. Yeah. Um, imagine, if we ha- imagine if we had an audience of a million listeners <laughs> and you did this bit. Imagine what would happen to Walter Tabby Oyo yeah. once the podcast aired. <laughs> Imagine, Actually, fuck Im- that. I reckon Ima- like we've only got a hundred and fifty well, hundred fifty thousand odd listeners, let's say. Um <laughs> but I urge each and every one of them to book Walter on Cameo. Because I mean he's why wouldn't he want you could that? use a dosh. Yeah, that's true. As long as everybody was being Just kind. be be kind. Yeah. Don't say, Hey idiot. Uh, don't do what I did. Yeah. Um, but don't, um, do don't do it, John. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, in the intervening period, you, uh, if I may disclose this on our podcast, Please. moved house. Um, yes. To a different part of Berlin, and I procured the services of another uh, unknown guy to a talent, another unknown talent, um, 
I unearthed another unknown talent to wish you a happy move. And it made me think, how far could I take this? You know, like, could I, could I just, uh, rather than responding to texts, could I just get like cameos sent to people, you know, hey, Jacinta, John's partner, it's um, Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. Can you just uh, leave some money out for the guy who's fixing the dishwasher? Um, <laughs> it would be an expensive and elaborate way to communicate by celebrity proxies, but I, don't know, I reckon I'd, I reckon it'd be quite fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or uh, yeah, or it would be great if. If somebody texted you and said, so we'll meet at the pub at five tonight, John. Yeah. And in reply, they just get <laughs> Andy Dick saying, <laughs> hi, uh, John just wants me to let you know. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, John do, just do your Andy Dick. To, hi, John just wants me to let you know <laughs> that... <laughs> That he wants to change the time. I sound like fucking Jiminy Glick. Yeah, from, that's uh, true. Like Martin Short. Although Andy does sound a bit like Jiminy Glick. He thinks he'll be there half an hour late. <laughs> uh, is that okay? Is that okay with you? <laughs> oh, I hope so. It's me, Andy Dick. Oh, I hope so. It's me, Andy Dick, and I got a lot of projects coming up, <laughs> and uh, you're gonna want to check them out. Make sure you're subscribed to me on all the multimedia channels. <laughs> A lot of people are buying a lot of stuff from Instagram, and I was gonna really ask you, yeah, man. Everybody that I know, I, I mean, I've bought some things, and I know that you have as well. I'm wondering if you're even aware that you mm. have. Did you know that you've bought <laughs> things from Instagram? Sleep, sleep buying things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just if I said to you, "What have you bought? What have you bought from Instagram?" What would you say? Um, that's a good question. As far as I know, thinking about it now. I can't recall having, hmm, have I spent That's money? That's scary because you definitely have. Uh, you bought me a gift from Instagram. Oh, what was it? Still still can't remember. You bought me the Tim and Eric mug. Oh, yeah, of course. That, I did first see that. See, this is the thing. It's not that I. This is the thing. It's not that I, um, it's, it's not that I, like, that was just kind of something which. I thought it was a cool gift, and then of course it gets yeah. presented to you on Instagram, but you forget the context in which you first encountered it. Yeah, and then you just get linked to a website, and and actually thinking about that has reminded me during lockdown, I kind of I think there was something about the social isolation which made it particularly exciting to send people, particularly friends of mine like yourself who were overseas. Things, which is probably why you received that mug, because it was part of that phase for me of giving my friends, you know, I don't know, I just liked kind of connecting with my friends by giving them gifts. And it was like something that just made you feel in connection with people at a time yeah. when you felt very disconnected. But I also, in a sort of weird version of that, there's a guy on Instagram who sells like novelty pins, like enamel yeah. pins and things. So I sent... Harley, a friend of ours, um, 
basically I kept every every say six weeks he would receive anonymously receive a Jim Carrey related pen. So it was like there were like various like the bits of you know like his kind of weird character from the mask and then like a dumb and yeah. dumber pin and then <laughs> and then cable guy yeah that was a that was a great cable guy one and um and and he was like getting on because we're all on this whatsapp group and he's getting on the group going i reckon that this was one of you pricks who was it and i'm just like <laughs> show i'm like show us take a photo of the pin that's so weird who would be doing that and then and he was like genuinely I think genuinely flummoxed <laughs> for a while. And then when it, and I did you, this for a couple of months said, leading up to his birthday. You, you just said to him, you said, it's probably Jim. Yeah, probably, probably from Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> He's just doing some promoting. Um, don't worry. And then eventually it was his birthday. And for his birthday, I sent him an e card. Uh, yeah. And you can get these kind of terrible e cards, which are like, animations where they superimpose your face onto the animation or the face of the recipient onto the animation. And uh, in this case, it called for two people's faces. So I, I, I loaded up images of him and Jim Carrey and then it produced this little Im- animation of them riding on a like tandem bicycle together. <laughs> and yeah, but the, but the thing there is that you'd chosen an e-card that was a dad for his son or a son for his dad. <laughs> had, yeah. So so who was who? Was it like Jim Carrey was the dad and Harley think, was the son? I think Jim Carrey was the dad. And then the song was like, give it up. It was, it was like a Father's Day thing or maybe a dad's yeah. birthday thing. And it was like, yeah, give it up for my dad. He's cool. And it was like <laughs> Harley and Jim Carrey staring into each other's eyes. <laughs> and they're like... Harley getting bounced on Jim Carrey's knee. <laughs> and Jim Jim Carrey just it's saying Jim Carrey's really proud of you, Harley. <laughs> so that was the big reveal. And then yeah. even after that, I sent him one more just to try and see if I could double bluff him and be like, Man, I sent those other ones, but I don't know who this one was from. This is <laughs> This has gotten out of hand, but he didn't buy it. Sadly. He's just going to have a just have a breakdown from you <laughs> gaslighting him, <laughs> pulling his hair out. Jam. Um, he can just he can he's just <laughs> in in his in his sleep. He can just he can just hear his buzzer just buzzing and can just it just over and over again. Cable guy, cable guy, <laughs> cable guy, cable guy. <laughs> Cable guy. <laughs> no, leave me alone, Jim. Man. Somebody stop me. got a bit of pushback on your Goonies critique a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Did was, you get? Did found, you also get some? I fa- yeah, I was in a very uncomfortable uh, social situation where people were pissed 
off. <laughs> not only am I unsubscribed, but I'm not sure if you're going to get invited to the picnics anymore. Oh, it wasn't sorry. even me. Yeah. It wasn't even me. The fact that you'd be friends with somebody who didn't like the Goonies. Yeah, by association. Yeah, my, my very good friend, Carlin, who I used to live with, she said, you're wrong about the Goonies. And I said, look, to be fair, I did only watch like the first 20 minutes and all the kids are just really like talking over each other and I just was like, this is fucking inscrutable. And <laughs> and then... So you stand by, you stand by your... Uh, your um, I appraisal by, of at least the I, first 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes. But then I read a review which said exactly that. Like it starts off very confused, but then it comes good after the first half hour or so. And so it's possible that if I had persevered. But, you know, I was just giving this an might, example on the fly. This, I mean, God. This might, this might have to, this will be a, a regular segment on Don't Praise the Machine, mm. which is uh, apologies and corrections. Apologies and corrections, followed by more offending people. Um, <laughs> so what John, did your friends say? My friend said that it's uh, an excellent children's film and okay. that they loved the... <laughs> adventure aspect and the fact that they went underground mm. and a lot and they said they just love anything Corey Feldman touches and I said well look I'm on board with that yeah tell you what I do love which I saw a bit of the other day which Corey Feldman is in is stand by me I can't yeah well this this came up during the discussion crying. Yeah, and I was wondering. Yeah, I was. Yeah, so that came up as well uh, because we were talking about Goonies. Stand by mm. me came up. We we have a Stand by Me movie night planned. Oh man, that is that's a movie that I reckon has really held up. And uh, and when he gets to the end and he starts talking about, I can't even can't even go into it because I'll get yeah. I'll get the feels. But it's a good it's a good film. Go and don't praise the machine gives the five spuds to <laughs> stand by me. Yeah, well, well done, everyone. Um, well done. Narrate. It's directed by. Is it a Ron Howard film or something? It's Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. That's right. Because Castle Rock is the name of the town in Stand by Me, and then subsequently ah. was the name of his production company. Da na 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 na. Um, you know that I'm do, I'm doing the I'm doing yeah, the do. Castle Rock like graphic bit. I'm going Duh, at the end of every Seinfeld episode. Yeah, Duh, yeah. Na, 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 I, I do know it because it's burnt into my subconscious from every time I <laughs> fall asleep listening to Seinfeld. Well, thanks again, everybody, for tuning into this week's episode of Don't Praise the Machine with Alexander Holland and John Maloney. And John Maloney, you tell me you got a little treat for the audience yeah. that they're really going to like just to give a say goodbye this week. Yeah, I do. I've got a special treat for the audience. Um, some of you will remember that um, one of the load stars of the show uh, is uh, Mr. Bill Paxton um, and his magnum opus was the film True Lies. Um, we spoke on a previous episode to Tom Arnold who 
as it turns out, is a huge fan of the show. Uh, if you um, pay his marketing fee and get him to say that, um, <laughs> and uh, but it but it left me wondering, who else is out there uh, who's Bill affiliated, Bill adjacent, who might be um, willing to uh, willing to give the show a listen. Um, so I spoke during the week with a very special friend of mine, friend of the show. Um, and, uh, she insisted on, uh, leaving a heartfelt message. So to play us out a very special message from a very special friend of the show. Hey guys, it's Tia Carrere. Hello. Uh, congrats on all the cool stuff you're doing at Don't Praise the Machine. And thank you for being fans. Um, I've been doing this a long time. It never gets old hearing how much people love my uh, projects over the years and that it still uh, you know, holds true today. And I really think that True Lies is one of those films that holds up because of the director, first of all. Uh, Jim Cameron has such an impeccable eye and uh, such a great storyteller that um, you know these stories never get old um, it was so much fun working on the film um, working with Arnold and Jim and Jamie Lee I um, hope you guys go out there and see the movie again um, and realize it still holds up today I think it's uh, an amazing film and I'm just glad that I was a part of it from uh, Wayne's World to True Lies to Rising Sun to um, you know everything I've done in between so thanks for reaching out and party on don't praise the machine Tia Carrere out